0: The following episode contains major spoilers for a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition publication. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Legend Lore, the podcast series where two Dungeon Masters flip through one Dungeons & Dragons book at a time, giving their insights on the pros and cons of the publication in question. I'm Adam, and with me, of course, is Dan, and we're going to go over our thoughts on the Wizards of the Coast product, Candlekeep Mysteries. Now, we
1: haven't cracked this book yet. No, and when it comes to Forgotten uh, Realms lore, Candlekeep's a bit of a blind spot for me. I don't know a lot about it.
0: Okay, so... I do know a little bit about Candlekeep because when they announced this, I went Candle what, and did a little, a little bit of a.
1: Why is everything a keep? What is this?
0: Well, so here's the thing: it actually is a castle. It's not a city. It it's an actual keep. But the thing about it is, it's a library. Oh, cool! And it holds all of the knowledge in the in Feirou. Like that. That's the thing about it. It is guarded by a specific order of scholars and their rule is if you destroy knowledge, I think I, there was a phrase, it was like by ink, pen, or fire, we destroy you. Hmm. So this is a place where it's a, a repository. Now they copy books and they sell books. That's their main income here. There's a special order that's kind of monk-like sure. okay. uh, as well that protects certain aspects of it. There's a catacomb beneath with a fucking ghost dragon that lives in it to protect it.
1: I'm sorry, pardon what?
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on in Candlekeep. I don't know how much of that they get into in this book. From what we've seen with the other location-based books, Waterdeep did a pretty good job of Waterdeep. Undermountain, of course, did a great job uh, Mm -hmm. exploring the Dungeon of the Mad Mage and Undermountain there. But Baldur's Gate sucked. Didn't really touch Baldur's Gate. Icewind Dale was point A to point B a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Right. There was, it was kind of a round trip tour well, of it.
1: Uh, the problem with Icewind Dale is there's not a lot in the Dale to really cover in terms of flavor for the cities. They've got some in terms of 10 towns, but beyond that, they're.
0: Yeah. So I don't know about this. And then I was thinking about the other anthologies and I'll tell you right now, the, we, we have two so far, right? Tales of Yawning Portal.
1: And Ghost of Saltmarsh.
0: Right. We don't really spend any time in Saltmarsh. Oh yeah, we do. Not, no, no, no. Not in the town proper itself. I mean, you get y- your quests launched, but I think only one of the. Yeah, I did some digging into this. You, you are uh, heading out to islands, and you're on boats. Yeah, and a lot of
1: it is very nautical.
0: Yeah, you're so you're not in the town proper. You're not exploring salt marsh the way that you explored Waterdeep, right? And the yawning portal is really just a loose narrative. It,
1: it is a justification for rep. Uh, re- uh, publishing old modules in 5e
0: yeah so like honestly i i don't know how much Keeper going to get into in this book before we jump into it though this is an anthology of 17 mystery themed adventures for the world's greatest role-playing game i mean That's what it says on the front
1: I, that book is too thin for 17 adventures well
0: grab your die dan we're gonna roll initiative i've got some questions a natural one <laughs> all right so The first question is, what do we hope is in this book? And for me, I want plug-and-play, drop-into-any-campaign modules. That's what I want.
1: Um, I don't necessarily want modules, but, like, two-session campaign arcs, or, or like...
0: That's what I mean. Like, I I mean, you remember Dungeon Magazine and Dragon Magazine? Uh, They would have these little... Very fondly. Yeah, and they would have these little adventures that, that were published in it. That's what I want out of this book. Yeah. I want it to be a little bit more in depth. I want it to be tied together nicely. I want it to have a general flavor of the NPCs here better than the yawning portal did. Frankly, dragon heist did a better job of telling us who was in the yawning portal than tales from the yawning portal. Did. Yes. Yeah. So, no, no. um,
1: I'm, uh, for me, I, I, uh, one of the weak points of this game is appropriately flavored puzzles and stuff like that. Um, I want to see some sort of help in building my own puzzles that are appropriately themed for my players, not going on and finding brain teasers that, you know, a, ta- a Tasha's
0: was good about fifth great teacher bit.
1: would write on a yeah. whiteboard before class. Like that's not what I want. I want like good puzzles I could throw in my, at my players.
0: Okay. okay. Let's roll again, Dan. I want to know what Three. are we, what are we wary of? All right. I got a 14. You're not going to win any of these. Um, so what am I wary of in this? I do not want there to be um the same thing over and over again. As much as you're saying I want more puzzles and whatnot, that's great. I want variety. Yeah. I want there to be something for everybody in here. And a lot of the time the Dungeons and Dragons publications feel very one note. And that's kind of by def like by design, they kind of yeah. build it that way. But I don't always like that note, and you don't always know what you're getting into when you start to play it, right? Like, when I picked up Tales from the Yawning Portal, and I found out that I spend a lot of fucking time underground in mm-hmm. dungeons. I, I don't want, I do not want a series of, and then this is the the hint for this clue for this puzzle for 180 pages. Yeah, right? fair enough. I do want there to be different kinds of mysteries, I, uh, and I'm afraid that we won't get that
1: there are 17 different ones uh they they must be isolated. like i i don't know what to expect with those but they the size of that book and the number on the cover of the amount of mysteries within i'm wary that all it is is very very specifically themed mysteries right like here's your murder mystery here's your you know uh heist kind of thing right like 225 pages it's it's, it's shockingly small for that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it, but I'm not going in with high expectations.
0: All right, so shall we crack the book? Sure. Let's roll initiative to see who's going first on this. Got a 16. I got a five. All right, I'm going to crack it. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but it did that That wonderful. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to flip to the front page. We've got a series of books. So the idea here is that every single one of these mysteries, I do know this, every one of the mysteries is based on one of the books in the library needing to be hunted down or something fucky is happening with one of the books. Okay. You're protecting, you're finding, you're using a book somehow. So it is very tied into that. Okay, cool. Um, I like the art well enough, but it's not it's not inspiring. It's not, no, it's not stunning me like uh, the cover art specifically the cover I, art is two people reading Yay. yeah i i do really like the alternative cover is that a beholder yeah on, on the back it is that means something sure but i i do i do really like the alternative cover it's classic leather bound almost mm. which if you're doing a, a book on a library that i i do like that quite a bit um the disclaimer
1: yeah highlight of all these books
0: This book has been compiled by the Avowed of Candlekeep. The Avowed, I think, was that group. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, In accordance with the wishes of the late Alaundo, the seer, whose prophecies foreshadow all events of consequence in the Forgotten Realms. Do you know about this?
1: Uh, Do you
0: know him from lore? No. All right, I'll hit that in a sec. Alaundo warned that anyone who unravels all the mysteries of this tome will be hunted down by the time dragons of Chronepsis. Tossed into the gaping maw of Dendar the Night Serpent. Oh, hey. Yeah, you know, which is the Yuan God, and cast into the vortex of ineffable damnation. Haha. <laughs> what a sense of humor, that Alaundo. So, I'm hoping that we get some actual planar shit and gods and warlock summoning shit. That's kind of what they're like forbidden knowledge level Sure, yeah. Okay. Stuff. Um, So, Alaundo. Is the Nostradamus of the Forgotten Realms. Oh, okay. And he's dead now. He foresaw his own demise. And so he went to Candlekeep. He was not there originally. He went to Candlekeep to write down his prophecies. I forget how many he wrote down, but it was a, a decent... A old, sizable like, amount, yeah. Well, it was like 13 or something. Like It okay. wasn't a whole lot. Some of them have come true, but like weirdly, specifically, perfectly have come true. And this order of, of monks that I said... The avowed... Um, uh, no, the avowed, I think, are the ones that actually protect and, and run the library. This order of monks um, that are below Candlekeep, they chant his prophecies over and over since they've uh, read them, trying to determine the truth of the prophecies. Because once they come to fruition, it becomes very clear what had happened. Okay. Um, so in hindsight, they make perfect sense. But at, in foresight, you, can't, you don't know what's going to happen. Right? So... Uh, which I mean is the hallmark of a good prophecy. Uh, but these guys chant it over and over again, and when one of them uh, passes, they stop chanting it. But they have been chanting without stopping for like years. Oh, cool. So it is this order of chanting monks down below the the city. So that's cool. And by I, monks, I mean friars, I don't mean D and D monks.
1: I don't know. I, I, a character that is one of these guys that just like recites the prophecies as he engages in combat would be pretty badass for flavor for a monk
0: yeah i think i i don't know i really like that. anyway okay here we
1: go Dan. so we're gonna do the table of contents um as typical i mean it's 224 pages this is gonna be this is gonna be a big one um starts off with being a book of books this is how to use this adventure um and the adventures within sure um i like that it's called a book of books and it's about a library. yep sounds great um, you're going to get a little brush through candle keep and then there they are. The 17 encounters at the very end. You have a, Oh, and there are the 17 encounters. That's it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then the end. So you get a little bit of Candlekeep, uh, candle keep literally, 10 pages of what's going on in Candlekeep and then 17 adventures. Are
0: there any there's no appendices. There's no appendices. There's no, no monster there's list, none of that. No.
1: There are um there are some new creature stat blocks, but they are all um within their individual adventures. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. That's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, so um, it does say in the table of contents that uh, there are new monsters and they are marked with an asterisk. So if you do want to go directly to them, it'll tell you where they there, are in the contents. I,
0: I guess there's no index or appendices or anything. Or
1: I'm looking here. There's Truinga in this. Again,
0: this is the third book with Truinga. Come on. Uh, they've got to be some. I think that there's an overarching plot of fifth edition. With That's, Truinga? I think so. I think so. Okay. Well... Uh, Adam, Um, this is an anthology, and it says if you're not running in in the Forgotten Realms campaign, you can adapt the adventures into Exandria, uh, into Eberron, and into Orth, which is, of course, Greyhawk. Greyhawk, yep. So it tells you right in the first section of the first chapter that here's where you put it. There's nothing Dragonlance, so I don't think we're going to get Dragonlance. There's nothing Theros or Ravnica
1: I get, those are the three and that's it I, I think we'll get i still think we'll get a dragonlance book but i agree with you this doesn't set you up for it Nope. uh using the adventures
0: is good uh but it says running the adventures and there are some sections here be a sensitive dungeon master hey uh dissecting the adventures about the
1: forgotten realms though we have not about the forgotten realms it's oh, it's probably just going to be the same thing we've gotten in other books where it's the forgotten realms is a bunch of realms that are forgotten thanks Good maps and
0: clear trails can carry inexperienced youths with dream of glory to far across the world, but these paths are never safe. So there you go. You got your general fantasy things. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit on Candlekeep. Um, details about the history and nature of the realms fill volumes. <laughs> okay, sure. There's also a list of the Candlekeep mysteries. We're on essentially the second page here, and it lists them all out and it tells you what level they're at. So there are 17 and it goes levels 1 to 16. Level 4 doubles up.
1: Sure. Weird. I'd like to know why. Why four is doubled up? It's probably because that's like the ideal solve a mystery level. I guess. Traps are still threats.
0: They're, so it gives you the name of them, which is fine, but it also gives you the description. A book leads characters on a quest to find a missing sage is the first one. Uh, I'm just By at, the way, at random. A haunted book points a ghostly finger at the perpetrators of an unsolved mass killing in Waterdeep. Okay. Uh, a book holds the key to unlocking a bard's prison. Cool. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I'm don't. i not getting anything out of that. Like, you're giving me the plot in one sentence? I, I don't the, have I I, a feel I'm for this. I'm starting
1: to think this is less of... This is going to be more uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal than Saltmarsh.
0: Why? What's the difference in your head? What do you mean by that?
1: Um, Ghost of Saltmarsh had some overarching plot along... All of them, yes, it was an anthology of things, but there was still an overarching plot within them. Ghosts, uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal is very, uh, every single adventure in there is insular and their own thing.
0: Yeah, I'm right? not seeing any sort of narrative. I'm through seeing no plot narrative here one. other than books and Candle Keep. Uh, it does say in this section under Using the Adventures, each adventure in this anthology embraces one of the following narrative conceits. The first one is the characters discover a book in the library that contains a mystery. Getting to the bottom of the mystery requires embarking on an adventure. Or, the second one, the characters come to Candlekeep on a quest for information, perhaps to solve a crisis elsewhere in the world. During their research, they uncover a book and the mystery it contains, which leads to an adventure. Which sounds like the same thing, except you started earlier in the yeah. life cycle. Like, you're either in Candlekeep or you're coming to Candlekeep for
1: a reason. There's a book. You do an adventure because of what the book tells you. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. I'm so far, I'm unimpressed. Yeah, all right. The next page brings us to Candlekeep. Brings us to Candlekeep. Now, um, it's going to give us an idea of where Candlekeep is. Um, and it it does sit atop a cliff face that overlooks the Sea of Swords, off uh, far on the western coast of uh, the Sword Coast. Um and gives you an idea of how to enter the uh candle keep, which does involve um writs and fees for admission. And then you are never allowed to be alone within the uh, the racks of candle keep. sure. Uh, so you need to find a guide and it gives you some avowed adjudicants that you can uh find as a uh, guide within the racks, sure. Okay. Um, it gives you the ideas of what kind of defensives uh, defenses that Candlekeep has, as well as the um, general decorum. General of it. decorum of it. So they've got wards set up everywhere because, of course, they do. Um, and it's got some rules for these wards. You've got magical restriction, which anyone entering Candlekeep from by route uh, by any route other than the front gates, uh, you cannot do it. You have to walk in Candlekeep through the front door. Cool, okay. okay no teleporting in. Um, anyone who tries to fly over the wall is stopped short. Magical flight is dispelled. Um, so even natural flight, you can't get in. You have to go in through the front door. Um, flames larger than a candle are suppressed within Candlekeep. Hey, there's a bunch of books. They don't like fire. Surprise, surprise.
0: I like that, though. That gives kind of a, a quiet,
1: haunted feel to it. Yep. Uh, the only exception is, of course, the fireplace in the hearth, which is Candlekeep's sole tavern. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a keep. It doesn't need four freaking bars. Yeah. Right? There are uh, anti-theft devices on every single book, scroll, or other work considered part of Candlekeep's collection. Cool. Establish that early for the rogues and the wizards who are greedy. Yep. And finally, the Keeper of Tomes can activate a mythil, which is an exceptional, unbreakable, magical effect that develops all a Candlekeep in a protective shield. Basically, the the... Keeper of the Tomes, the head of Candlekeep, can activate a bubble to protect Candlekeep from Anti-dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Next, it's going to go through the Orders of Accordance. These are going to be how you are supposed to behave within the walls of Candlekeep. These are the uh, behavioral codes. Sure. Okay? No fighting, no stealing, no copying, and no damaging marking or otherwise modifying the works. Uh, You fail these, there are consequences. Most of them are just going to be you're kicked out and never allowed to come back. Finally, it's going to break down uh, Sages and Master Sages. Um, And we get stat blocks for both of them. And we get stat blocks for both of them. They are medium humanoids of any race. And then there's a bunch of things here, including, weirdly, a Fireball spell on the Master Sage. Interesting. Well, Fireball doesn't light things on fire, right? That's one of the things about it is it doesn't ignite shit around, right? The fire spreads around corners and ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. Well, never mind. (laughs) Okay. So, sure. They get shocking grasp and a fireball. Um, And then it is going to break down the avowed um, and their levels, like their, their ranks.
0: Sure. All right. So we jump into Candlekeep locations then from there, which is a court of air, which is a wide courtyard that has nary a tree nor a well. Cluttering its cobblestone expanse. So it's just a big, wide-open cobblestone courtyard. Cool. Uh, There's a House of Rest, which is a bunkhouse. The Hearth, which is a tavern. tavern. The Hearth gained its larger dimensions courtesy of extradimensional magic, created by worshippers of Gond, which is the god of craft. Cool. So it's bigger on the inside. There is a chaotic good ogre called Little One, which is neat. My guess is
1: he's not so little.
0: Uh, No, he's wearing a headband of intellect. So, cool. I, I like that. That's a good little detail. There are demi-planar chambers. So several doors line the walls of Hearth. Um, and they're visible from the inside of the tap room. They do not appear to exist when the structure is viewed from the outside. So we got all sorts of extra-dimensional shit going on. Uh, little pocket universes, which is cool, including meeting chambers, shrines. There's a bath and steam house. House of the Binder, um, which is where you can get non-magical tomes, spell books, and works of the avowed. And then it gives you some actual, like, how much that costs. There's cool. prices and shit.
1: That's good. Uh, I've always had an issue with how little there is in terms of uh, breakdowns on buying books.
0: Yep. There's also um, a couple of towers of varying heights. And they're called the Pillars of Pedagogy. Okay. Um, and so there's a lot of research that's conducted in those. There's a Temple of Ogma. Ah, oh, I love Ogma. I don't know Ar- Ogma. Agma's the knowledge god. Okay, so of course. Uh, Erudite Outfitters and Clothiers. Uh, Smithy and Stable's Emerald Door. The Emerald Door is the main point of access to the Inner Ward. Uh, it stands in the western court of the Court of Air. Uh, it's 15 feet tall and made of translucent dark green stone that glows from an inner light. Okay, cool. Uh, and it gives you what's in the Inner Ward, which is a great library. Uh, the, there's a Bastion of Exaltation, which is the tallest, most heavily defended structure in keep. Okay. Um, beneath it is uh, Mirim, the Sentinel Worm. Oh, this is the ghost dragon. The have actually got a neat little picture of Oh, it. cool. Yeah. So she's a translucent looking dragon head peering out in this uh in this artwork. There are echoes of Alondo. He magically recorded his spoken
1: words. So, so there's just gonna be like random random old insane dude yelling prophecies at you at any point in time within the inner ward.
0: Mirim is large undead. So a large undead dragon, so would have been a a, a young dragon. Yeah, okay. We get paralyzing breath and cold breath and necrotic breath.
1: Paralyzing and cold. So a they would have been a silver. Silver.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, we get X-ray vision with this one too. And uh legendary resistances. Mirim is bound to candle keep. That's part of it. Uh yep, yeah, absolutely is a silver one. There's regeneration here. Lots of resistances and immunities, tons of skills and saves. Is there a breakdown on her history? Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple paragraphs here. Cool. Well over fifteen hundred years ago. The Silver Dragon Mirum hey, oh, broke oh, the killing. Yeah. yeah, okay. okay. Um, and then
1: uh, CR twenty two. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh,
0: there's a chamber. Man,
1: it pisses me off. Their name dragons are always so cool and flavorful, and and it it gives me stuff. the
0: impression that the ones in the Monster Manual are templates. Build your dragons better than the, what they give you. Yeah, that's okay. the base stat.
1: Yep, I'm I, I'm starting to agree with you on that one.
0: Um, there's the Chamber of Lost Lore. Um, which you have to pass Mirim to get to, and which is a roughly hewn chamber lit by continual flame spells. And here you can gain the power to contact the spirits of long dead sages. Cool. All right. And then we're it, into the adventures. And then
1: we're into the adventures. Okay. So the first mystery here, uh, first adventure is your first level one. It is called the Joy of Extradimensional Spaces. Uh, basically, you have a book that you are given um, where you have to find... The extra-dimensional space that is associated with the book, solve the mystery within, and um, that'll wrap that up. The thing I love about this is this features heavily our good buddy Kynan. Oh, yeah? In fact, his face is plastered on the cover of the... Um, oh, the book in question. The book in yeah, question, which is... Uh, we have the art here. Um, and... We know Mordenkainen loves his extra-dimensional spaces because of spells like Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion. Yep. Right? So that, that fits. That fits. So um, basically you're given this book, have to figure out what's going on and go through. And of course it's going to involve a extra-dimensional space of some kind. Um, you go through the... I, I, I don't want to give away what's actually in here, right? In terms of plot. How many pages are we talking? Like eight, nine? Um, About eight. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, we do get some interesting, um, little things here. What are the stat blocks that we're getting on this? So, there's a swarm of animated books. That's fun. Yeah. I like it. It's a CR quarter, of, and it's a medium swarm. Cool. Okay? So, that'll beat up your paladin or your barbarian. I have a feeling that's a nightmare scenario for your barbarian. Well, at
0: at level one, yeah,
1: right. (laughs) The books! The books, books! The wizard's just laughing. Yeah. Um... So you also get an animated broom stat block. Man, we're level one. You're not going to get... Yeah. Yeah. It's level one. You're not going to get
0: anything really crazy in here. No.
1: Um, You get to have... There's a floor plan here of the um, Magnificent Mansion that you will go to, including a library within it. Um, Finally, there is an animated chained library, which is a large construct. Cool. Yeah. If it's motionless at the start of combat... It has advantage on its initiative roll. Nice. I like that. That's cool. And then you go through and there are several puzzle books you have to find within this place to get out of the mansion by the looks of it.
0: Okay. And there's a part at the end that I'm reading this upside down. I'm looking over. It says assembling the books. So I guess you've got to put it all together in the right order and shit. Yep. Um, So that's the puzzle.
1: Yep. In terms of other things in here, I, I see mention of flying swords and slad, to, uh, slad tadpoles and stuff. But the other thing that I'm noticing here is
0: there's a lot of shit to be read out. You see, there's a lot of these yeah, boxes a of lot. scripted stuff. Do you like that? I do. I I don't run modules, so I can't comment. I, I know I really some people do. like it them hel- and some people don't.
1: It helps, however, they can be a lot of they could be a very big crutch for a lot of new DMs.
0: I think it could be a little clunky exposition too if you're not careful, so yeah, it's
1: best uh, to get that info and build it yourself. This this is like this is a good one shot to kind of run, I would say. Um, and will give your give you a good feel for a new player in D&D. There's some combat, there's some Really cool puzzles as well here. So. All right, cool. Yeah, um that does that. Yeah, so we're going to flip this over to the next one. Level two characters.
0: Okay, so next is called Mazfroth's. You know what? I'm not wild about these names. <laughs> Mazfroth's Mighty Digressions. Okay, so uh, there's a collection of essays called exactly that. Mazfroth's Mighty Digressions uh, was brought to Candlekeep only a few days ago. We get a uh, how to find the book. It's weird. I get a little blurb here at the beginning that gives me a little bit of a breakdown of what this... Yeah, mine didn't. Yours didn't have that, did no. it? So, okay. Um, finding the book, book description, essays and ramblings. So it contains a collection of eclectic essays, though not much is revealed or known about the author. Uh, there's helpful knowledge that's in it. It means a character who scans it can learn a piece of information relevant to their interests, such as one of these. And it gives you a list of three. Cool. Uh, then you have a Watson. I think I think that you have Gingwatsum. It's a peculiar form of life created by a spell or ritual. Uh, the magic that brings it into being draws in spirit energy from the ethereal plane to give a Gingwatsum its true form, that of a luminous sphere of ectoplasm roughly three feet in diameter. It's we, Slimer. Yeah, we get... yeah Slimer. It's, it's Slimer, and we get a stat block for it. Uh, there are alternate forms, so it can turn into tiny non-magical objects. It's uh, Slimer. So like a book, a dagger, or a gemstone. It has energy drain and change shape for actions. Uh, It gives you a what's going on. So there's actually a little summary at the beginning of this one, which is helpful. Then monstrous books. That gives us a section what the avowed know. Questioning seekers. Apparently you're going to Baldur's Gate. This could be a good intro into the Baldur's Gate. But the, Maybe. No, no, no. The Descent into Avernus has a weird subplot at the beginning which launches and then is wrapped up and never mentioned again after like the third level yeah, or something. Yeah. At level two, this could be a, an alternative intro into that. But apparently you're, you are you are right outside of Candlekeep now. Off you get. That's it. So then there's a marketplace known as the Wide in the Upper City, uh, the wealthiest of Baldur's Gate. You are in Baldur's Gate now doing things. There are... Um, just a number of different locations in here. It looks like that there's a lot of info at the beginning of what you are expected to find. You get some jackal wares, uh, some wear rats. Candlekeep
1: is just south of Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I, I knew it, I knew it was close. Like it's it's Candlekeep up the coastway. You pass the cloakwood and you're at Baldur's Gate. Maybe a couple days journey, if that. So, spoiler alert.
0: I'm going to say this right now for this one. There's a secret about the book itself. um, And they're going to figure it out really quickly what the secret is. Uh, And uh, here's a spoiler. The book is a monster. Cool. Uh, And the first time they try to read it, it's going to attack them. Uh, Afterward, the characters discover that other books in Candlekeep have behaved similarly. And that's what they're trying to figure out is why there's this malevolent series of books. Okay. So, and that takes them into Baldur's Gate um and there's not a whole lot of i mean you're the mystery is basically hunting down these books yeah through the different locations
1: in baldur's gate that's that's all right that's that's cool. okay i like it as for third level we have the book of the raven written by chris perkins so you know it's going to be good so the book of the raven is a level three adventure and basically it's a treasure hunt uh specifically regarding the uh events in the shadow fell or the vishtani in barovia they're going to be very closely oh, okay. tied with this.
0: Uh, you know what?
1: What level does Curse of Strahd start at? Three, I
0: think. Well, shit. Here's an intro. If you don't want to do Death House.
1: Yep, uh, maybe. Yeah. So the Book of the Raven is a firsthand account of an anonymous author who, after falling off her horse and breaking her legs, was rescued and befriended by Vistani travelers who graciously nursed her back to health. So inside is a... Basically, a treasure map. Cool. That you have to go through, and it's called the Map of Mystery. The mystery surrounding the Book of Raven has to do with the map that they slipped within the pages. This looks like a map scribbled together by
0: Adam. That that is my level of artwork right there. Yeah,
1: it really is. So, um, I, I like the Which Way. One of the roads here is called the Which Way. That way. Yeah. Except it's W Y T C H W A Y. So, which way? So, there's map. Uh, it eventually takes you to, by the looks of it, uh, Chalet Brantifax. So, like a haunted house-ish? Kind of haunted house-ish. There are several NPCs within the chalet, as well as a series. In, in the States, are going to call it a chalet, by the way. Okay. They're wrong. They're um, right. There are where ravens So, this is really tracking with the Shadowfell and Raven Queen and everything else. Curse also, of trade. It gives you a, a little paragraph here on good ways to role play ravens, including their mimicry and the sounds and stuff they do. There's a nice little chart there. Uh, we have a map of Chalet Brantifax. It's a lot more of these boxes I'm seeing that are described. Yeah, more and more pieces. descriptions of places as well as other puzzles. It looks like it's <laughs> mostly exploration based. It looks very exploration based. There's a couple secret doors, some traps. Um, a couple monsters but not much but there's also a something called a Shadow Crossing which I think is a way into the Shadowfell way into the Shadowfell cool yeah there is a statue of Orcus or Or uh, Orcus figurine which is an item and it's got some powers that if you got a necromancer in your party holy crap okay anyways um, there's a bunch of undead to fight a couple things to force unlock explains uh, what happens with the shadow crossing and then you come back to the material plane. So you go to the shadow fell and you come back. I guess you could choose to stay in Ravenloft. In, in, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, that works. And there's also step lock here for the were raven. Which is a CR2. Know what, Adam? I think we'll break these down later. All right, the next one
0: is our first one for level four, which is A Deep and Creeping Darkness.
1: I love it. I'm on board already. The thing I'm noticing, these things are not self-contained little adventures. They're like, change some names for them uh, for your campaigns to fit them, but they're definitely, I'm not pulling small mechanical things from them to solve, to throw up my party as a puzzle. I'm not finding any of that. What I am finding here is um, isolated little like I need something to do for two sessions. I'll just throw this at my party.
0: Yeah okay, so this one is a little bit different than the others. You end up coming across a villager who has a uh, book who that has a book that was uh, among the grandfather's old possessions. It was written by a bard and it's got a series of um, stories in and it. it's a combination of diary and a penny dreadful. And so as you flip through it, you discover that there is a mountain village called Vermalen, And it died a slow death by unknown means and is now abandoned. And it sits above a platinum mine, so it should be full of people. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows why. And so your players will then travel there. There's a little... It mentions that there's a map to get there, but it
1: doesn't give you a map. It, I think, well, I, I think this is just a... There's, there's a mountain a road. Yeah, yeah.
0: Off, off you go over there, right? It uh, gives you a couple of um, of NPCs that are
1: in a tavern called the Bored Weasel. This is the first time we actually get like character art for some of these NPCs. Like Even it. in Perkins, we didn't get any character art.
0: Yeah. It's th- no format seems to be the same. From There doesn't seem to be an overarching editing process to this, which is strange. There are lurking dangers. Characters see movement out of the corner of their eyes. When they turn to look, nothing is there. A voice whispers indistinct words in their ears. A terrified shriek splits the air. So it's got a real haunted feel to it when they get into this abandoned village. They give you a map of the village, and it is small. And you can go. They give you a number of different places and locations within the village, but it is abandoned. And cool. there are a number of things. It looks like
1: an abandoned, like Alaskan village, almost.
0: There's a specific reason. There's a kind of monster that exists in, elsewhere in the lore, like an established monster. Um, there, there's like a, a thing that's happening here. I'm not going to spoil it. We know what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. So um, that that's going through. That's responsible for this. But a lot of the, this is a straight mystery to find out what's going on. And there are only a couple of combats in here. One of them is particularly difficult, it looks like, for a level four party. Okay. Some of you will still have PTSD from the last time you fought a black pudding, but there's one in here at the end of this at level four. Yikes. There's also a little section here which talks about passage into another plane of existence, another realm. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what it is because it's going to kind of give away who the bad guy is on this. Okay. Um, but you know how you, you could go to the Fell in the last one? There's a way to go to a different plane here. So these extra-dimensional spaces and planar travel seems to be a thing that we're seeing a lot here.
1: Books are passages to another world. So I guess it makes sense. God, I hate you. So the next fourth level adventure here is Shem Bedtime Rhymes. This
0: one gives you an adventure overview. Look at that. The very first thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Ari Levich author of Shem Shine's Bedtime Rhyme for actually giving us an adventure overview. Um, it, oh, it lists out the six events. That it, they yep. Released. Yep. It really helps Beautiful. out. So, um, Shem Shine's Bedtime Rhyme is a book that has been collecting dust on a shelf in Candlekeep for over 600 years. It is a children's book that arrived at the library um, unceremoniously and the, uh, the characters are going to get a hold of this book and... Then a series of events happens around the book, and you must basically live through it. <laughs> it's um, just straight survival, is it? it kind of, yeah. Um, there is a handout here, which is, I mean, this is the first one with an actual handout to hand out to the uh, players. Which You're going really to have nice. to transcribe this yourself, though. You don't want to cut your page up. No, yeah, right. It'd be nice if they actually had the handout. Yeah. So then uh, there is finding the book, the background of the book, the curse surrounding the book. There's a curse. Um, and then some NPC breakdowns, in, including Crinkle the Kenku, um, who is going to be uh, the guy you talk to the most probably in this entire thing. Um, and then a series of events happens to the- A series of unfortunate events, a series Daniel? series of unfortunate events. Basically, you are in this cellar and a bunch of things happens to you. And basically, from what I'm picking up here, these events are going to play out from the book you get pretty much as soon as you get it. You open the book and the event plays out in the room. So you're in one room and a different thing keeps on happening. Oh, that's cool. So it's a bottle episode. It's a bottle episode. This involves puppets, a singing skull. Um, a, looks like a ghost. And it is a specter specifically. Uh, sure. It, uh, a medium undead named ghost that you fight at the end, basically. Okay. And there's only one way to kill it, which is cool. Anyways... Uh, At the end, you basically have to destroy the book. After that, it gives you a breakdown of the cellar where all of this happens, of the room where all of this happens. Okay. Or the area. It's not necessarily one room, but it is... Yeah, it's an enclosed space. It's an enclosed space, and that's what you get.
0: I'm glad that they give you a proper map for this, too. Like, I could sit down, and it would take me, what, three hours to prep this whole multi-page adventure? Yeah. All right, the next one uh, for fifth level is called The Price of Beauty. Okay, so the general idea of The Price of Beauty is the fact that there's a book with a mirror on the front of it. Some people say that the mirror can speak to you, and an acolyte has disappeared while in possession of this book. Oh, okay. Uh, So you I know what happened. Right? (laughs) Um, So you go to the Temple of the Restful Lily, which is a grand temple and bathhouse. And it is built over a century ago by the author of The Price of Beauty. This looks like there's a bunch of elven shit going on in here.
1: There are some hags, so I'm happy. Yo, the second it was the price of beauty, and like, it seems like this one's all based off vanity and and uncovering vanity. Yeah, so you're
0: gonna head to this temple, and this is essentially a uh, run through with uh, with some. Hags. It's a dungeon crawl.
1: Yeah, uh, minus the dungeon, but
0: yeah, kind of. Um, there are. It does break down all of these different things. Oh, you get a uh, naiad, which is um,
1: like a water dryad.
0: Yeah, but they're they're outlined in Theros specifically. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to see them over here um, with the actual stat breakdown. This there's a lot going on in this one actually. There's a there's a wall of text. There's a there's a lot of stuff to read out. There are a lot of different um, enemies that you're going to run into. There's a curse and some strange things going on. There are multiple levels to a tower to explore. There's one section here late in it, spoiler alert, called Victim's Quarters. And then at the end, at the conclusion, once you've dealt with the threat, you have the chance to rectify the dark deeds that have happened. And there's some fallout from oh, it as cool. well with the NPCs. Like, it's this might not be a happy ending.
1: Cool. Next up is the sixth level adventure, The Book of Cylinders, which is written by Graham Barber. All right, so The Book of Cylinders is a book about a ancient conflict between some gripply which are a I don't know, our fourth frog-like humanoid. What's in the D&D? What are the
0: other 3? We have
1: bullywugs, bullywugs and Grunk, grung. Um I guess
0: Slod. Ku- Kuatoa. Kuatoa, are fish.
1: Uh, they kind of eh. No, they're fish. They okay, got fish hands. Slod um, Slash, slaughter toady Yeah, so grippleys I mean, sawwaggin are on that realm as well I mean, they're uh, fish as well They're fish they're as well scaly.
0: Look, man, you just do not like aquatic
1: shit I just, why so many frogmen? I don't know, we haven't seen grippleys since It says here, frog-like humanoids Distantly related to bully wugs. Then just make a fucking bully wugs. You know, but, but uh, I've seen Gripplies before
0: Gripplies were, I want to say 3.5 I don't think it was my Days and Fourth Edition. They're
1: small frog-like creatures. Why aren't they? Why aren't they grown? Wrong? What's their alignment? Uh, not listed. Not listed. I'm sorry. What? Doesn't have a. It does not have an alignment in its uh, stat block. Interesting. That's that's a glaring error. Anyways, so um, you get this book and. It's basically a book of prophecy. And when you are out to figure out the events that the book entails, you are paid to save the Gripply village. Okay. That's basically what it is. So you get on a boat. Sure. And you go to talk to the Gripply people, I guess. Um, There's a crab maze, which is a series of docks over top of a crab dock like over top of some narrow rapids, sure, okay. in breakwater. And and the only stat block you get is for the Gripply Warrior. Only stat block you get is for the Gripply Warrior. This looks like this is going to be mostly role play to be honest. Um you've got the maze and then once you're done the maze, you can the dozen or so Gripply Warriors level 6, what CR is it? CR Quarter. Oh, wow. There's not much in the way of combat here. However, there are going to be some Yuan-T that you have to take care of. Okay, there you go. Including some Malisons in an old temple. All right, yeah, they're going to fuck you up some. I mean, not at level 4, they're not. Or level 6, they're not. I don't know. More than one Malison at a time is not something that you really want to play with. No. However, things do escalate here. But there are some treasure, including the Serpent Scale Armor and a Serpent's Fang Sword. Which is a magical sword that deals extra poison damage to a target it hits. Uh,
0: I hate the fact that these monsters and these
1: items are just listed in the adventure. I really want the appendices for this. Yeah, right. Um, and then it breaks down the Griffly and how grateful they are. Oh, man, that's weak. Sorry, Graham Barber, but that adventure... Oh,
0: no, you know what? I'm I'm okay with having some roleplay. It feels a little... There's something, there's something for everybody in this so far. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You're not hitting the same notes over and over and over again. Um, the next one is going to be called Sarah of Yellowcrest Manor.
1: That's the title of the book. And this is your seventh level adventure, right?
0: Yeah. This one is um, looks like it's a little bit darker than the ones that we've had so far. Okay. The idea here is that there is a uh, woman named Sarah who came to Candlekeep from um, Waterdeep. And she brought with her a book. And the book is essentially a diary that she gave to one of the people at Candlekeep, and it went unread. And your players come into possession of the book. Yep. It's a diary, which is essentially a number of exercises and drawings and memories and whatnot until the last few pages where things take a dark turn. As they do
1: in these kind of situations. But this is almost Lovecraftian with the... Oh, cool. Okay.
0: Well, well, just the tone of suddenly the diary goes... Real dark, real fast. And Sarah, I think, disappears and you are trying to hunt down what happened. And there's some sections which are like, you you get culty in this one. Cool. It's not a happy story by any means. There's some real, real
1: darkness involved here. And uh, I like how this book, the the one constant thread that we've seen is how they are breaking down some important NPCs. Yeah. they have personality traits and like ideals and bonds and flaws like they have yeah, i do like that yeah th- and that will really help you play them every single major npc has had this so far in all of the versions like that's yeah. that seems like the kind of thing they're really pushing is npc generation funny enough and
0: yeah it's weird that they're really putting the effort into that there are some cool battles in this as well there's one part here that says cult tactics which i'm glad that we get you get a proper villain as well like a named bad guy that's leading this i'm assuming is a cult leader but i haven't looked into it there's some traps and some secret areas and uh i think that the ending is not necessarily a happy ending so much as it is
1: a resolution to this horrible tale so the next book here is the lore of larue um, which is the eighth level adventure for your party. Um, and this is some Alice in Wonderland level horseshit that happens. A high mage of Silvery Moon wrote the book on behest of the lesser deity Luru the Unicorn, who is an elven deity. The book resided in uh, that archmage's uh, library until eventually finding its way to Candlekeep. Keep. Now, the book itself is enchanted, not cursed, enchanted. And those who read it pop into a demiplane, which is full of elfy, Feywild level. Fey bullshit. Fey bullshit. Uh, very silvery moon inspired nonsense. So, and then you have to work through the storyline of the book. You know what? I don't hate that. I really don't. I mean, it is fake bullshit and it feels kind of whimsical, but uh, we just did something dark in the previous one, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. So, well, this one, this one gets dark pretty quick. Uh, your first encounter is you are going to encounter some, uh, satyrs who then lead you through the jungle and there is, or the forest and there, it says here should take at least two hours or as long as six hours at your discretion as a DM. And there are random encounters and a table here for you to throw at your party
0: well
1: um, fuck okay okay uh next you go through the uh look i'm always happy to get it.
0: to get random encounter tables but it feels like a wasted opportunity like you're going have
1: storyline there for oh there's storyline to it is there, is there okay, okay. Yeah. um there are treants and sprites and edder caps okay so fable shit fable shit uh a hag's menagerie oh then there is the cult of Malar, uh, who is the bloodthirsty god of the hunt, uh, also known as the Beast Lord, basically the antithesis of Luru would be Malar. Um, but there is a cult of Malar with inside, you fight them, and then there is a CR8 monstrosity that you fight at the end that is badass as hell, but I will not ruin it. That's a plot point. It looks it's like it's named point. like it's a unique monster. Yeah. Uh, and it, then some really cool magic items at the end of it. Wasn't Malar the name of a Cardassian in Star Trek? I was like, I like no, that's
0: Kim. What? Kardashian? Oh. No, just Harry Kim was on Voyager.
1: Oh, that's, that's right.
0: Anyways, here's uh, the next one. Okay, so I'm just going to be mad in general right now at the spelling of Candlekeep Deconstruction. All of the C's are now K's. And I just, I hate it. I just, I hate it. I hate it. But in this adventure, the characters fight against a ticking clock to stop a misguided cult from launching one of Candlekeep's towers into space. Fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so all the fake bullshit is that, like, this is, this is crazy. There's a uh, book description, secrets of the barn door speak with the dead. Um, Earthquake with an exclamation mark. Wow. So there's like, this gets fucky. The barn
1: door is the name of the tower. There's livestock cult members. Is it the livestock cult or is it just like a bunch of cows wearing robes? Move like, aside. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to let you
0: guys figure that out as you go. This is actually pretty fun. I'm flipping through this and like you get to go to Stonky's study. Shit gets right out stonky. Uh, this is cool. At one point you find a list of seven steps to success four have been crossed out <laughs> <laughs> this is this is pretty fun actually um you get a new stat block okay there is a person there's an NPC called Stonky Knop Topper oh yeah this is this is gnome. Gnomish. yeah this is gnome. no yeah yeah there's you go to the the kitty widget nests
1: yeah oh, oh god Terry would hate every moment of oh this. yeah the
0: new monsters are the
1: skitter widget <laughs> <laughs> the art for
0: this is a tower literally exploding hey. up like a fucking rocket. And don't forget the kitty widget. Yeah, hold on. So uh, so these are uh, constructs. One small and one is medium. Uh, and it looks like they climb and move around. And the, so there's not like wings or anything. They look like they are electrical powered. Okay. The kitty widget is the little one and the skitter widget is, is the medium one. And skitter widget has a reaction called good parent. Which impose a disadvantage on one attack roll made against the kitty widget that it can see within five feet of it. Like this feels just, just this gnome is a bullshit. this is a Dan adventure. No bullshit. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm 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 on board.
0: So that's fun. You know what? They they said at the beginning that you could play this um, in the different places in Eberron and whatnot, and the place that they say uh, to put Candlekeep would be um, to run the adventures out of Zalargo. Sorry, Zalargo, um, which is the gnome country that okay. they have there. Cool.
1: Uh, and that really does feel like it fucking belongs in there all right adam 10th level we're doing zikrin's Zephyrin tome okay okay this was a book that was donated anonymously and has been misfiled in the tomes and the racks of candle keep and is often seen as a treaties in the inner planes okay okay your party will come across this book if they are searching for things uh like den- denizens of the inner planes especially the wind dukes of akka
0: that was the aracocra shit yeah right? okay so hold on a sec why would your guys be looking for these in the first place
1: if you are doing um, uh this feels like you have to be really specific well, well. If you are in Chult, if you are in yeah, but you're not. You're in Candlekeep. Uh, yes, but if you wanted to put this in there okay. or something, like you're doing some research in that regard, you do that. Anyways, so you go up to a uh, laboratory. Uh, I'm guess you're trying to you're trying to find the author of the book to get them to unlock the book. Basically, there is a genie trapped inside the book. The mystery is to free the genie from the book. Just use your third wish, Aladdin style. Um, You are level 10. You don't have one. So you go and you have to track down Zikrin, who's the author of the book, to get them to free the genie. And there is a lot of overland travel here. There is a young bronze dragon involved. Cool. Okay. In all this. So the scope's a little bit bigger now. Um, but then eventually you start climbing into the cloud peaks. And you're dealing with... Cloud giants. Cloud giants. Beauty. At level 10. Cool. Yeah, so this one feels like a very traditional. That sounds D and D to me. Feels traditional D and D. Um, you do eventually find Zikrin, uh, in Spoiler all of his alert, in all of his glory, and at the very end here is a step block for a cloud giant ghost, which is a CR nine huge undead. Again, missing alignment, but we could assume lawful evil. Why? Because undead. Yeah, but cloud giant. It depends. That's on what, why I'm thinking Lawful.
0: Well, it depends on what it's doing in the damn story, or if it's a guide, or if it's a, a battle. It's a battle. But is it protecting the long-lost
1: whatever? I don't think so. No. But this thing's got some... Holy shoot, this thing's got some abilities. And some immunities. So have fun fighting those things, guys. Um, but yeah, this... Basically, uh, once you solve everything, you go through, you do traditional D&D stuff with the... Archmage, uh, he will free, or your party will be able to free the genie, who then casts a wish on the party. Well, shit. Yeah. That art for that cloud giant ghost is badass. And I mean, so is the art for Zikrin. What's interesting
0: here, sorry, before I move on, is I'm looking at the cloud giant ghost stat block. Because I wanted to look again, because yes, the alignment is missing. And I'm going through it, and it seems different. The format to it seems a bit off, hey? Under actions, you have etherealness, okay? Under actions, you have spellcasting. That's weird. Three times a day telekinesis at will. Fog cloud once a day. Control weather. That's Why?
1: spellcasting. That's... That's, that's that spell-like abilities.
0: Yeah, the ghost casts one of these following spells using charisma as a spellcasting ability and requiring no material components, but it doesn't give you what you're spell saves are or your level caster or that's weird they it's like they fucked up the well
1: they give you the proficiency bonus so you can figure everything out but they don't no they don't yeah they do right there proficiency bonus oh oh, that's so fucking weird it's in a weird
0: spot yeah it's the the challenge rating i don't like these new stat blocks why would they do this this is the only time i've seen this it's been all through this book these stat blocks
1: have been like that What, spellcasting is over in the action area? Uh, Well, that I haven't seen, but I've seen the proficiency bonus there and the lack of alignment. I I think they're Uh, trying to test the waters for some updates to D&D 5e. I
0: dislike. I dislike. Anyway, um, the next one is called The Curious Tale of Wisteria Vale." Uh, Boo, but okay. What? You don't like it? It rhymes. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of classic. The Curious Tale of Wisteria Vale is a script of a play written in common. It is split up into three acts, telling the story of a heroic bard before he becomes corrupted by evil. Okay. A wizard donated the book to Candlekeep as an entrance gift. She didn't tell the avowed that the book contains a secret to accessing Wisteria Vale, which is a magical demiplane created by the Harpers to imprison a bard named Errant Quill.
1: I know that name.
0: Oh, you're thinking Peter Quill.
1: No. Funny joke. But, like, I, I, I... Aaron's quill sounds
0: familiar so they put him in there until they could free him from the influence of an evil artifact it's been missing in the archives for three years but the Harper's just found it and they've discovered the cure for quill's corruption it has come time to visit wisteria vale once more okay that is cleanly laid out for me at the beginning and the others haven't been that no no that is nice and concise see i'm rhyming too now dan you get a new stat block for a constructed commoner who's a medium construct. You you head straight into a demiplane. Cool. You get a map for it. Wisteria Vale is like a small Barovia, right? Like you get, you do not leave by walking out. There are aberrant events. It gives you a bunch of different locations in it. Uh, you are going to the manor. That's a big part of it. You discover Errant Quill is actually there. There is a number of magical paintings.
1: Oh, God. Each one is a door to somewhere else. So what we're trying to get across is that there are a lot of... Um, there are a lot of extra planar nonsense going on. Yeah, I like it. There's also... There's some fun stuff in here.
0: You said, oh, there's a beholder on the front of the of the art. The beholder is in this adventure. Okay, cool. Um, as well as some other stuff that you... Uh, Wow, they actually give you a freaking menu. Salted cockatrice eggs. Stir cool. Sturge burgers, Dan. Oh, gross. So anyway, yeah, there's like... That looks like it's a cool little contained adventure. I, I like that one. Some of these I'm really enjoying. Some of them are just bizarre. But there does seem to be a wide variety. Although the layout the, of this book is just seemingly poor.
1: Yeah, it's really, really weird. So the next book is... Uh... For twelfth level is the Book of Inner Alchemy. Um, and Adam, hi Dan. Do, do you like kung fu movies? I do like kung fu movies. And I'm talking. I'm not talking like the new like uh, Jackie Chan kung fu movie that just. Well, no, like- you're talking Bruce Lee, like old school. I'm. I'm. I'm talking like ones that really hammed up the spiritualism of kung fu as well. Like hammed up, like they like like, like they went a bit creative with it. Let's put it that way. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, a, a good tenth of their budget were wires. Okay. Okay. Yep. The Book of Inner Alchemy, This Adventure, is a nineteen seventies era kung fu movie in D&D form. Cool. Basically, it is uh the Book of Inner Alchemy is the ancient tome, one of the oldest books in Candle Keep that was written by the three masters of the open hand, which are the Ren brothers. Ren D, Ren Je, and Ren Mei.
0: Okay. Is this a rendition of their teachings?
1: Ah, uh, Sure. Um, I'm too tired to riff on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this book basically is fabled to contain the secrets of immortality. Cool. And Or just be a druid. Or just be a druid. <laughs> or a monk, weirdly enough. You get find this book. You are then informed that there are uh, missing pages from the book. That would contain that knowledge and your party must go and retrieve the pages. Sure, okay. So it's a it's a go get it quest. Go get it quest. You're yeah, fetching. Now fetch quest. Uh, you do a little bit of searching to figure out who has it, and then you have to go retrieve them. So you go see the Order of the Immortal Lotus. Cool. I'm so fucking into this. Okay. Yeah. You see a lawful evil human monk named Bach May, who is the undisputed leader of the order. I will be a werebear named Polk. Um, He judges others by their actions. Words mean nothing. Like, uh, there's Steel Crane, another one of the NPCs. That was my nickname. And Jade Tigress. Okay? Uh, So, you basically, you are going north from Candlekeep into the Cloakwood to uh, meet up with them. There are some dryads. Sure, but... Um, I used but to go and
0: invite people to my cloakwood. Adam,
1: yeah. the character art is straight out of a Kung Fu movie, man. Holy shit, you're not wrong. Right. So there's stat blocks for Steel Crane, for Jade Tigress, for your run-of-the-mill Immortal Lotus Monk, who have uh, forced strikes. that They are hit- hits that do force damage, not bludgeoning. They also throw darts. So, you know, force damage... Must succeed on a saving throw or be knocked prone. Um this is a karate movie. Hold on, hold, um, on, hold on, hold on. And well, here well, is here is Bach May, who is the uh, long goat I, white goatee. I'm pretty sure that he
0: trained the bride and kill Bill. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, hold on, hold on. I gotta ask. What CR are these masters? Uh well Bakme May is C R thirteen. And he's the leader. Okay, so
1: you're level twelve, so you're supposed to fight these guys. Uh huh. Cool. Hundred percent you are. Um, it wouldn't be a karate movie if you didn't. So after this, you find you get some items after you fight them. You get the um, books uh, choking on blood, blah, 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 is a thing here that you read out to your party, uh, your party as you're running this. You get some insight into what happened to the original masters of the open hand and a new item which grants the wearer the ability to siphon vitality from other creatures. Cool. These are called The Gloves of Soul Catching. Cool. So that is a straight up kung fu movie. Man, I'm into it. Some of these are really fun. Okay, hold on. That that one and the gnome one are the two that have spoke to me the loudest right now. First
0: paragraph of the 13th level adventure called The Canopic Being. Okay, In this adventure, the player characters investigate the disappearance of a Candlekeep sage and disrupt the plans of a mad oracle bent on domination. Why the hell? Why didn't we get that in all
1: of the other things? Like, that's so fucking useful. The opening paragraph in every other one isn't an adventure synopsis. It is a backstory. Yeah. Give me the adventure synopsis first, then give me the backstory. It should be just a formatting thing across the board. The fact that even Chris Perkins was lacking in in the synopsis regard. Like, I don't know. there There is a departure from the norm here that I'm not too thrilled about This when it comes to modules.
0: I'll tell you right now, I'm going through this. And this right now, there's a couple of cool things. First of all, your characters are part of a prophecy in this book. This is tied to the prophecies of Candlekeep. Cool. I think loosely tied, like it's not directly. But there are golems that have received the organs of an npc in here and it tells you who got what organs and where to find them in the on the map and shit right which golems are using the i'm assuming they're flesh golems the mirrors of fortune the testing chamber look at that look at that canopic golem that's badass art cr13 that of looks course.
1: very uh um silver, metropolis silver.
0: yeah yeah we're getting kind of to the higher levels now which is fun
1: what's the cr on the canopic uh 13
0: goal. yeah observatory of fate there's some cool shit in this there are a couple of new magic items the staff of fate cool which is a transparent crystal staff that can be wielded as a magic quarter staff that grants plus three bonus to attack and damage if roles. you get that
1: staff are you master fader?
0: it also has a bunch of charges that can do shit yeah, there's it also does. a uh watchful helm <laughs> yeah is it purple <laughs> I, I love recording with you late at night because you get fucking dirty <laughs> and you sit back and you give Terry and I these like moral fucking judgment looks every time that we go down to fucking look at my butthole <laughs> level of fucking commentary and then you are secretly you and Brad man I swear to god you guys are the worst so no there's a there's some good NPCs in this this is a straight up adventure with like a tomb that you are going through here and and trying to uh piece together what happened to the person who's been entombed here so that's uh there's a lot going on this is this one's
1: pretty fun actually i'm i i'm a big fan of it so we have the 14th level adventure here this is called the scrivener's tale um written by brandis stoddard and developed by chris perkins an evil archfey is bound within the tome known as the scrivener's tale when you read so much as a hint of the book you are given a mark, and that mark slowly gets worse. Oh, good. Um, over amounts of days. Basically, this gives you, uh, you get to save a day, and uh, every single time you roll, more of your skin is taken over by the mark. This could mean that within 12 days, your character succumbs to the highest level of the mark, and... What happens? Do you die? Do you get evil? Do you disappear into the book? Do you? You get petrified. Well, that'll do it. You turn into a, tra- a statue of solid, smoky gray glass. Cool. Cool. So, gives you rules on how to assess the mark and figure out how bad things are for you, but then you have a clock, and you must figure out how to reverse the effects of the mark. I like- this will take you everywhere. This will take you hundred 150 miles up north to Baldur's Gate again. To go talk to someone in the Haven of the Red Quill. You will find some other foes within this entire thing. You are marked for death. uh, So you're going to be followed by some Fomorians. Um, There's a death slot involved. Okay, so this one kind of really
0: big picture, right? Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of this. We got the ticking time bomb essentially going off here, right? Like there's a lot of fun. With this, I feel like the pressure's up, and in a short little side quest adventure that you would drop into the middle of something else, that that feels that feels okay to me. Like, I like the fact that we've got this
1: pressure pushing your players forward. Finally, at the end, you have to summon and fight the Fae within the book um, to gain favor for the Gloaming Court. Oh, shit. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool beans. Um... And yeah, there's the sap lock here for her and good luck. Just, just. Just good luck. Just good luck.
0: Okay, so the next one is called Alcazar's Appendix. I've chosen to roll the R. Okay. Uh, this one is the 15th level adventure. This is the second last one in the book and I feel like it's pulled out all the stops. Okay. So the idea here is that there was a book that was essentially gifted to Candlekeep. It's got a number of stories in it. Uh, it was by written by a guy alcazar and Oh, it's just
1: stop rolling the r now
0: it was written by a guy named alcazar there you go all right and uh anyway one of them is not finished and you can look into it in uh a part of the of his writings as well and this is going to immediately when you open it up you see a picture of a portal and guess what happens what? yep pretty much at which point You are face-to-face with a distant desert people, um, who are the Bedin, which are humans. Yep. Um, And they are trying to figure out what to do with this golem that they can't activate. Okay. You can activate the golem. In fact, you're supposed to. Like, that's part of the adventure. And then you have got to go through um, a number of different areas, including a purple worm nest, like den. I'm sorry. Like a lair for a purple worm. This is after you cross the desert that has Rakshasas in it and an Androsphinx. Like, we're, we're going big here. And then you enter the Necropolis and fight the Demi-Lich. Huh. I'm sorry. I lied. A Draco-Lich. Huh. Yep. You're a guide. Remember you said Chwinga. I hate Twinga. Yeah, but these guys are like challenge
1: rating zero. They are supposed to be your little guides when you get yeah. fucked
0: in the desert portion.
1: Well, they are... So what Twinga are are basically little elemental... Helpful elemental creatures. We first saw them in Tomb of Annihilation, where they were jungle chwinga. <laughs> We've seen them in Rhyme of the Icewind Dale, where they are like tundra uh, chwinga. Yeah, so they're all now we place. have desert chwinga, and each of them have different aesthetic, different looks. Yep. For the most part, they all have that kind of runic head to them. Yep. But they're supposed to be helpful. They're 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 elementals. They're flavored to the where they are. But ah, I know you don't like them. But you know what you will like about this?
0: You will like the the words "phylactery" and "nether scroll." We're dealing what? with the netherese what? in this. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. So quit your bitching. <laughs> and here we go. Like I that feels great for the
1: overarching story of fifth edition so far. I'm in. Um, All right. So we have the level 16 adventure here. This is called Xanthoria. Xanthoria is quite an interesting one. It is not necessarily solely about the book, but rather about a fungal plague that is ravaging the Sword Coast. This plague is so massive that not even a wish spell, and it says this, can stem the tide of the contagion. You have my attention. Long story short, uh, there is a big chunk that you could read, but this thing destroys a person basically within five days of getting it. You turn into a zombie and you, uh, like a zombie-like creature that just droned the word Xanthoria over and over for no discernible reason before death finally claims them. Cool. And it is a DC-20 con save. Good. Should be. Okay. Keep in mind... 16th level uh yeah about half your party is making that without struggle you end up going to the forest (laughs) containing the lycortha expanse the lycortha expanse is a uh, natural jungle way you are led there by the book that you do end up finding which is a like spore covered warped wet uh like a rotten book rotten looking book cool uh you go through the expanse to, basically, you are trying to find the creator of the book, who is a lich who used to be a druid. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, a druid lich. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Who has uh, bound her soul into a living creature. Okay. So, her phylactery is a living creature. All right. That's some horcrux level shit. Let's keep going. Yep. So, you eventually have to go through fight her pet nalfeshni. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, there's no use swining about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm saying this just to piss you off. Uh before she was a lich, she had a pet fairy dragon named Bunny Blossom. Okay? Bunny Blossom a- Adam Bunny Blossom. I hope
0: Nalfeshni ate it.
1: <laughs> so, we get a new stat for something called a lichen lich. Cool. And I'm liking it. Boo. I also just boo. It's uh CR eighteen. Again, proficiency bonus down there. I'm no, I'm glad they're giving it to us. I'm glad My. just to make the math easy if you need to figure something else out. I mean, like fine, I don't care that they're giving us a proficiency bonus. Why did they not think that they needed to give it to us now? And they're still fucking up the weird spellcasting shit later in the yep. actions. Spellcastings in the actions and no alignment on the lich. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a lich. It's, it's lawful but- evil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you go and you have to stop the lich and do that to cure the disease. I mean it's a lichen
0: lich, it's a fungal disease.
1: Yeah. Are there mycanids running around in this? There are mycanids like running around in it. Good. There is a heavy feature of Zug Good. Uh which tracks for everything there. Um, so yeah, uh there's also something there's a purple worm. There is a purple, there's a purple worm. Sorry, Al. I'll zip up. No, no, that's not the one I was talking about. Um, but yeah, you are collecting lost mementos to try to restore some humanity back to the lich. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep.
0: And then at the end, it says contributor boys. Nope. No. It says bios. Yeah. Contributor bios. Spent too much time on Reddit. Uh, and it breaks down
1: who wrote or edited what, and who they are, what their uh, what their claim to fame is. There's honestly not a whole lot of names there I recognize, which which is really really cool. I mean Perkins being Perkins. Oh uh, yeah, but, he's going to be involved. But but uh, there are a few names there that I haven't heard from, and honestly, it's really cool that Watsi brought in a bunch of new talent. New talents. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of that too. I'm.
0: I would hope that I feel like this was a, a proving ground for them almost. Because these all felt uneven. They did. From one adventure to the, to the next. No adventure itself felt bad, but there was no consistency. There was almost like no oversight, which surprises me.
1: <sighs> Honestly, this book feels like a, oh crap, how do we do a book for release during COVID? We can't really do a formal, traditional way of doing the book. Let's try this new method right that's kind of what this feels like it is an anthology book yeah but it's an anthology because out of necessity almost because they wanted to support social distancing and stuff and and they could not get everybody in together it's funny uh, that that hadn't occurred to me but you know i think you're right and it feels a bit rushed because whatever their plan was before was an impossibility and but they needed to make a date so that's why it feels a little unrefined the fact that there are not adventure synopses on three quarters of these it's is incredibly frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Um, the fact that they are straight up just little pocket adventures. There's no real additional information or player options or anything else like that, right? Like there's a couple of magic items strewn throughout, but you got to find them. There's no appendix to point you in the direction of them. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Before you before you get into it, there's one final part of this, and that is, of course, the tearaway map that's in the back, which looks like it's pretty standard D and D art, but it's of Candlekeep. It is of Candlekeep. Is there a backside to it? it there is, is not. not. There's a one-sided, massive. That thing's huge, man. Well, Candle Keep is a big-ass keep. That is,
1: well, I mean, but that tracks for their size. That's about si- the same size as the, I'm looking at the other maps for the things I have on my wall. I got Icewind Dale. I've got El Turil. Um, it looks about the same size as those. It looks more zoomed in. I mean. Yeah, well, it's higher detail for sure. Yeah, El buildings are
0: measured tiny. in millimeters, and these ones are measured in inches. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a single-walled city, essentially, but a, a small one at that. I, I like the map well enough. It seems to have the big things we talked about at the beginning, the court of air, the the great library, the exaltation, right? So yep, and it seems detailed, interesting, neat enough. There's obviously the one way in and the one way out on the uh, east side.
1: yeah. and like everything else around it is cliff face, right? Like this thing's out on a peninsula.
0: yeah, i'm I'm I enjoy that well enough. I'm sitting here looking at the table of contents now. They do give us new monsters with little asterisks. It's weird that they gave us a section for new monsters in one of them. It's called the New Monsters section, and then the rest of them just have like thrown throughout the yeah, There it's doesn't weird. seem to be a consistency to it. Also, you'll notice that there's no overarching plot. There's no wrap-up. When you finish the seventeenth adventure. It's contributor bios and then end a book. That's it. There's not there's no wrap-up. There's no there's Let's roll. Okay, so.
1: Fine. I got a five. I'm not going first at all.
0: I got an eight. Overall impressions. The adventures themselves seem like there is a little bit of something for everybody. It seems like they can be plug and play with a little bit of tweaking. Okay. And it looks like the majority of them are linear. However, there are definitely places where there are random encounters or open expanses, like the desert with the Chwingo, or you, yeah. you've got to go through, or you had um, a, a list of traps or puzzles to go through. So there are some open portions of it, but for the most part, it's point A to point B. Um, you know where you need to go. When you enter the abandoned village or the the town you need to go to Baldur's gate you know the places you're going because they're outlined in it there's not a whole lot of other information about it you have a little paragraph here paragraph there um it's the nature of this book it's 224 pages which is cool the artwork in it is great was there a big ass spread
1: of awesomeness that really stood out to you no 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 i mean most of the artwork is of either a uh NPC portrait or of the book itself there's not a lot of or maps
0: like they've got layout maps of yeah
1: this there's a lot of that it, funny enough this book about a library is very dense in text
0: yeah you do get the odd piece um of of artwork of like the surrounding area but, but
1: it's but, rare and but, it's but, underwhelming but that again that supports my theory that this book was kind of assembled hastily to meet a release date Sure. Right? Because getting high def art, even, and like some of it's not even really all that high def. A lot of it just feels and looks kind of slapped together. Honestly, this feels like a DM's Guild book. It does, doesn't it? That that it, was put together by... It feels like a series of DM's ad- Guild adventures, right? Like, yeah, right. Which, I mean, it very well could be. I don't know the history of how Candlekeep Mysteries came to be. and But like, I've I've got some other issues. It goes into a 10-page layout of what is within Candlekeep, including this cool ghost dragon and and the ranking you know, and file in the avowed. And then it is not again addressed in, or do they matter, in any of the adventures. Yeah, none We have more a adventures here that lead to go up north to Baldur's Gate because it's a more interesting city well then here well they all start in candlekeep but for the first page
0: of the but eight they don't page of all adventures.
1: start they don't all start in candlekeep but like no you're right they don't all, they're all, all kind of ham-fisted okay you're in Candlekeep, and, and one of the avowed gives you this book but really you could be in the middle of a road in your custom world when a scholar hands you a book i feel like the candlekeep part of candlekeep mysteries was their framing device 100 percent, it was and when, it was ill thought out I would love to see mysteries involving more of Candlekeep. This is this is just Adventures. literary mysteries. That's what this is. I don't
0: even... Like, yes, there's an inherent mystery behind all of it, but there's a mystery of what is the Curse of Strahd. What's happening to, with this death curse in Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. These are all mysteries as well that are inherent. Why is there this blizzard in Icewind Dale? Why is Elturel in hell? Like, you're... There's always that plot. That's not a mystery. It's a plot hook. Yeah. I didn't feel mysteries here. I, I wasn't. I wasn't a gnome inquisitive. No. Like looking my way through this, and I
1: kind of wanted to. Well, there there was some there that could that could be like, but uh, there was no like murder mystery. Well, there were a couple disappearances,
0: but yeah. I mean, it, but it does feel okay. Look, here's what I think it does right. Each one of the adventures by themselves feels like it would be a fun romp with the right people. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of everything for everyone. And if I'm running a homebrew campaign and I don't know how to get from level 11 to, to 13, I can plug in the level 12 adventure here. Okay. Stretch it out a little bit, add some of my own homebrew details, and run with it. And it's each one of them, I'm a little annoyed with the fact that we don't get a breakdown at the beginning of each one of these sections. And if this was a 200-page book... Of one adventure, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. But it's only 8 to 12 pages. That's an hour and a half for reading and prep. That's not that bad. It's really light. Yeah. Um. And so did I, I don't feel like this is great for new DMs to plug and play. I feel like it's good for new DMs to one or two shots. Yeah. You can do your three-shot of Candlekeep Mysteries through your um, Roll20 account because we're in a pandemic and everyone's social distancing. So we'll we'll play a couple of these. Yeah. Everybody roll up a level 11 character. We're, we're going to do this. All right. So it starts off, you're given a book. It does feel one-shot-ish. It all the feels very one shotty Yeah, And I don't hate that. That's just not what I wanted. No. And I complained about this in the Tasha's episode as well. Like That's my consistent complaint is I'm not getting the books that I want. Well, I look at the monster stat blocks in here. We got more NPCs than monsters.
1: Yep, a lot more.
0: I also think that we're using a lot of unique monsters from previous books um, that are going to pop up here. Like I mentioned, there's an andro Sphinx and uh, purple worms. This is the first time that I've seen a purple naiad. Right. Yeah. And so, like that shit's popping up. Cool. I'm glad that they're recycling these. I- I'm always complaining that they're they're giving us. Freaking jade statues! When they could have just given us a small size golem, stone golem, Mm. right? Like, I'm glad that they're using the tools that are there that are available to them, but then they just give us a bunch of crazy ass, over the top, bullshit stat blocks for other NPCs or named characters or stuff
1: anyway, which is the D and D way. Yeah, right. And I just, I would have loved to see that there was a little bit more of a not necessarily an overarching plot, but a connecting tissue between all of these, right. It, like not, if, not
0: having it does make it so that you can
1: plug and play if you're willing to do a little bit of tinkering. As okay, in, sure. But you could still do that with a bit of connective tissue between them all. Yes, I agree with you. I do have to
0: say this. Everyone ranted and bitched about the hackneyed way that uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal kind of combined all of their seven adventures yeah. into one because, oh, some guy's telling a story in a bar. And it was like, yeah, 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 shut up, who cares? Right? You didn't need that. And now
1: we didn't get it and and... I feel like
0: we we needed that, like
1: yeah. Well, this this book definitely felt like an experiment, uh, especially with like how their stat blocks are written and how their... um, there's no adventure synopses. The most of them don't even have a conclusion or fallout. Oh, there's a conclusion. I, I saw conclusions all over the place. Yeah, they were definitely far more numerous, but it was just all like, yeah, you killed the thing. Congrats. Here's the gold reward. Yeah. Like. It does it
0: does feel like you were supposed to plug and play. Let's read the back of this. Um Candle Keep Mysteries is a collection of 17 short standalone DD adventures designed for characters of level 1 to 16. So it says right from the get-go.
1: Yeah, it's stand-alone.
0: standalone. Cool. Each adventure begins with the discovery of a book, and each book is the key to a door behind which danger and glory await. These adventures can be run as one-shot games, plugged into an ongoing Forgotten Realms campaign, or adapted for other campaign settings i i it checked those boxes
1: it did check those boxes it uh, just sorry. yes no it, it definitely did this is lowercase c candle keep mysteries like this is there's not enough about candle keeping this there's yeah. not enough depth like this literally could have been the books in different libraries yeah. you are in a this, library this could have been like they say in the first big like honestly if Feels like Candlekeep Mysteries are like, okay, that's our connective tissue. We're going to name it Candlekeep Mysteries. But our project name is going to be A Book of Books. Yeah. Which is okay,
0: I guess. I I don't know how much I'm going to get out of Candlekeep. I can't make a Baldur's
1: Gate level adventure out of Candlekeep. I think you could. Yes, Candlekeep is smaller. It's got a smaller footprint, but... There's so much richness within that, right? Especially when you have a bunch of books that lead to different planar stuff, right?
0: Yeah, okay, look, you're, you're right. I don't think that I could have done that and maintained the modular, insular storylines in the, in the shape that they are now. My problem is more with the presentation of the book than yeah, it is with too. the content, yeah. right? The idea that uh, the stat blocks seem weirdly uneven. The idea that there's no appendices, there's no list... It says in the table of contents, which is fantastic. It says, hey, here are the new monster stat blocks. Little asterisks beside each one. Where are the new items? Not listed in the table of contents. No. You got to hunt. You just need to know that it's there.
1: And there's no other player options other than new items.
0: I don't care about that.
1: I, honestly, a lot of people do, As, but... but... I, I get why you wouldn't care. Because um, this is a DM's book. 100% it is. But... Um... Four of the five people around the table are players. I would like to have seen maybe some sort of I don't know scroll making rules or no. Honestly, or, the
0: thing that's weird here is there's no background. Yeah, we got we got chitons of backgrounds out of Ghost Salt Marsh. Right? We didn't. We usually get a background. I don't think we got one on this. No, we didn't. And so I don't need new subclasses. My problem with a book like this, if there's a new subclass and a new way of building scrolls and stuff like that, and it fills 20 pages of this book, then you just suckered that player over there into spending 60 bucks Canadian, almost 70 bucks Canadian, um, to pick up a book for 20 pages. I'm glad that this is DM only. I wish that they would do more of that. I don't like the fact that if you want to play the haunted one to background you have to pick up Curse of Strahd or get the d d Beyond package. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm glad that it kind of segmented that a little bit. You're right. There's nothing in there for players. There's just nothing for nothing. players. No. There is no point to buying this if you are not a dungeon master. Except if you're finishing your collection off. Sure. I I don't know. I, I like I like the content for what it is. I don't like the layout. I don't like the connective tissue between it. I like Candlekeep for what they gave us, but it was too short and too sweet and there was nothing to do in it. Yep. They gave us a bunch of stuff. I Look, I could run homebrew shit in Candlekeep all day long. But at some point, I'm just going to have to start generating my own NPCs in Candlekeep. I'm going to have to start coming up with what the names of, of that building over there is and yeah. what else is in here beside the handful of, of businesses that they gave us at the beginning. And I mean, it's fine to a degree. But I've had more fleshed out dungeons and Tales of Yawning Portal than I got for the Catacombs Beneath Candlekeep. Mm-hmm. That's that's an oversight to me.
1: I I Honestly, man, I couldn't agree more.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap this up then, Dan. Okay. Because I think we're just going to start retreading the same complaints we've sure. heard over and over again. Uh, let's roll initiative and and come up with our uh, letter scores. Six. I got also a six. A, also a six. Let's re-roll. Five. I got a 13. C plus. That high, huh? Look, I'm glad that I own this as a dungeon master. I am. I will pull shit out of this. I absolutely will pull bits and pieces um, and little plot hooks. I will adapt this into my campaigns. I took Death House, flipped it upside down, and made it a ghost ship. Yep. I have done little bits and pieces of uh, work in walled cities and things before. I can use Candlekeep and reskin it. I can rename all the proper nouns in any one of these adventures and use it just fine. Yeah, this is a great alternative way into Baldur's Gate. There's a good alternative way into um, into uh, the Shadowfell for Curse of Strahd. Yeah, I like. There are a couple of options in here, and the last two or three adventures sounded really badass. There was some fun going on in here, a lot of great ideas, but this suffers from the same issue that the last section of Tasha's suffered from. Do you remember that portion of it was all just like? Um, there's the mimic colony and there's oh, the, yeah, yeah. and it was this really neat idea, but it's one page spread and there it is over there and plug and play as you want. And that's it. And this could have used a five page portion on how to insert these into, yeah. into your campaign. It says right on the back, you can put this into your own
1: homebrew shit, well, but, and, and but then tell, s- tell you how, like some, some just go, a guy walks up and gives you a book. Yeah. Look, I, I will be honest. This is low
0: on my list. Do not buy this book. There are a hundred other books to buy first. I will buy Tales from the Awning Portal and Goes to Saltmarsh before I buy this book. Yeah, because there are useful mechanics outside of the adventures. Yep, yeah, this one also gave us, I'm a little pissed off, they gave us a fucking new kind of skeleton. We just did a skeletons episode, and so that one's missing. So that's me just saying, hey, we didn't cover this one skeleton of all of the skeletons in existence yeah, we missed yeah. one. I, I, honestly, that's going to happen with this. But nobody's gonna know that that skeleton exists unless they buy the fucking book.
1: Yeah, no, Right. I'm with you. And I'm just... honestly, I'm giving this a C minus. Um, I what do you buy this in front of? What do I buy this in front of? At this point, nothing. Oh, harsh. Um, that, that's this a... this is the last to add to the library. At this really? Point. Yeah. Um, I can't think of another book that does less for my table than this one. Not saying that I can't get stuff from it, but this does less. I cannot think of a single book. I could be running a desert campaign and I will get more out of Icewind Dale than I will out of this book. I mean, that's
0: that. That's fair. That's harsh, though. I'm going to say there are definitely some books. Um, Horde of the Dragon Queen is kind of a piece of shit. Prince oh. of the Apocalypse
1: is just so fucking uneven. But, but they have a lot of interesting external mechanics that you could use in your campaigns they establish a bunch of these new monsters and yeah those earlier books are missing the pulse of what D 5e is but so is this i don't know man some of these adventures will sound really fun and cool they're they're cool adventures i don't want to shit on the authors of them um for their plots and their stories and and that my big problem with this book is it's called candle keep mysteries and we get 10 pages on candle keep of a 200 and something page book. The mysteries were mysteries that were plot hooks. And exactly. And, and they weren't even really plot. Like it. here, here's what you do for the next three sessions guys. Right? Like it's, it's, it's just a like mini campaign arc. It's an anthology. I get that it's an anthology, but I've picked up books that are more beneficial to my table off DMs guild.
0: I will say this. For the average person, this is not. I would not say that this should be last. I will tell you, acquisitions incorporated does not apply to every table. This applies more than acquisitions incorporated does for most DMs. Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Now that Tasha's has
1: uh, scooped everything out of it, fair enough. Uh, Well, no, but the Storm uh, Storm Coast Adventures Guide gives us more for Feyrune and for the Sword Coast than this book does for anything else. Right? Okay,
0: look. I'm going to say, though, that the average dungeon master, and you don't have to be advanced, you don't have to be a beginner, just the average intermediate DM can pick this up and get about probably 15 sessions of adventures out of this over their career, no problem. I'll give you that, yeah. You can't say that they give a shit about the 19 different kinds of humans listed in Skag. As much as I do enjoy the lore, that book sucks. (laughs) It just fucking sucks. I and there are just some bad adventure modules out there. There are some things that like if you're sitting there going through, hey, what do I pick up on uh D D Beyond, I'm gonna pick this up, honestly, before I would pick up something like um the Tortle
1: package. You think? Yeah, man. I mean the Tortle package As a DM that makes sense. As a DM that makes sense. I oh, I and think... for players, don't pick this up. There's
0: nothing in there. No, there's in your nothing in there for you. No, that's an absolute F- yeah.
1: yeah. I don't know, man. Like I don't... my big thing if they gave us the same content with a little bit more polish and uniformity, I think it would be rated higher. On, I know I know, it would be rated higher on my list.
0: I agree with you 100% that the presentation in this book fell short for me.
1: Yeah. Um, the price tag is
0: ridiculous. If you are going to buy this, wait for that Amazon sale before Christmas.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: This is a, another one of those books that is going to just fall into the background. That people are going to say, oh, yeah. Do you I remember own Races of Stone? Uh, yeah, right. From, right. from 3.5. Yeah. But, okay, look. When it comes to modular stories and bits and pieces, the anthologies, the Tales from the Awning Portal is the first one and a little clunky. Ghosts of Saltmarsh is aquatic only. And if you're into it, there's a lot of good shit in there. But a couple of the adventures to me fall a little flat. Sure. The intro to Ten Towns in Icewind Dale... Was more modular and fun and well laid out and clear in Chapter One of Icewind Dale: Ram of the Frost Maiden than Candlekeep Mysteries presented at any given point. I agree. So this does fall short. A lot of the earlier stuff does not feel fifth ed. Most of this feels fifth ed to me. It just feels
1: why bother fifth ed. This also has some troubling signs to it with no alignments in any of the stat blocks. Do you, do you think that this is the
0: this is an outcry based on the dark skin drow and orcs being evil? I think yes.
1: I think I think uh, this culture is, has D&D is moving away from an alignment based system.
0: I don't necessarily hate that. I think that they need to change that into an aggression or a selfishness or something else. There needs to be a guide to playing the monsters because the lore doesn't give you a guide. That little, those, those six paragraphs of lore that's beside every monster stat block in the monster manual does not give you tactics. It does not give you Which aggression. Which
1: from the 3.5 d- yep. thing, right? Like the 3.5 way of doing monsters. It Look, that book was a mess. It was a mess. The book 100% was a mess. All of the books. But then we but, got the Monster Manual 5. It was a shit show. But you got what size grouping that monster usually uh, came in. Yep. And gave you the options there. And it gave you a loose idea of tactics for that monster.
0: Yeah. Do you want to know the other thing that 5th that Ed sucks? I, I, we, we've not ever mentioned this. But loot drops, guys. Loot drops. Yeah. There should be options there, right? When you kill a bandit, you should have a whatever percent chance of picking up a blank. Yeah. Right? And that should just be a part of it. Anyway, Fit That Has Got Its Flaws is the point. This book has some strengths for the right kind of dungeon master once he's picked up other things. And he's got to have relatively low expectations. This is a COVID book, I think you're right, based on design. I also think that it was brilliant for them to have released this had they done it a year before and everyone was just doing this. Well, we can get together on Thursday night for five hours. Yeah, We'll bang out one of these adventures. I think that it's too little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this will be great for the online community for Zoom. I, You know what I would like to do? You know what I would like to do, Dan? I would like to uh, invest either... My time as a dungeon master or as a uh, audience member to follow all of these stories on Twitch and watch them happen. And, and you could just play the Candlekeep series and see, oh, oh, this week it's this book and this week. And now that guy retired, that character is going to bring in that character. And it's just one shots, one offs, three two hour episodes of of each one of these mysteries. Yeah, That's what this feels right for. I find it difficult to jump into a... 40 episode like arc of Tomb of Annihilation. And they're all four hour long episodes. And this is more palatable for the Twitch era, for the streaming era. Fair. So it has its purpose. It has its place. A C plot. Look, C's get degrees. They do. C plus is fine for me. You know what? There was a lot of bullshit that was published in third and fourth edition. A lot of extraneous bullshit. And with the exception of, in my opinion, Horde of the Dragon Queen and uh, Sword Coast, we don't have any of that. Like the Rick and Morty fucking publication. Uh, that that was just masturbatory. I get it. I, I get it for the yeah. marketing and, and for them introducing people to it. I keep on
1: forgetting that Rick and Morty is even a thing. But
0: but it's not a bad book. I just can't recommend it to people. No. Have Have a friend that bought it so you can borrow it and flip through it. It's just not worth the price tag, unfortunately. I do think that the character art in it is pretty and the work done by the authors is fine. I cannot state you. Oh, here's something. All of those encounters seemed level appropriate. You cannot say that for all of the other books.
1: That's true. That is true.
0: That's actually a big fucking boon. That's a solid, you were, you were talking me down to a C and I'm like, nah, that's a solid C plus then like that's level appropriate encounters is important. We didn't really see the big bad get beyond the CR threshold until the last one was a was a CR eighteen for the sixteenth level, right? And at that point, I don't know, man. Your guy should be swinging above their weight class. Anyway, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'll tell you now. The boss at the end of the thirteenth level adventure was a CR thirteen,
1: right? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it, it makes sense. I I still I'm resolute with the C minus on this one. I I would never buy this book for myself just to. Like, it's a completionist it's thing. It's a completionist thing. That's the only reason why I would buy it. Okay, any final thoughts before we wrap up? The adventures themselves were fine. The adventures themselves, like... The, it, my main problem with them was formatting. And, and like, it, where's the adventure synopses? Where's the why where's was the connective tissue? Why was level 4 doubled
0: and we didn't get a level 17? Yeah. Both of those were good enough adventures. I don't want to see either of them cut. But it's just, it's just weird. There's yeah. no rhyme or reason there's no oversight to this book and i think that chris perkins adventure in it is great i think as an editor because he was the main editor on this it needed more uniformity
1: yeah just in the way that it's freaking presented well i know i know when we we type up things we're like okay we have to have the synopsis then we have to have the overview then we have to have the campaign breakdown and then we have to have like the backstory, right? And then when, when we have done written, uh, writing all those, that is when we could start getting into the meat of the campaign if we're writing, right? I know even when I'm just planning my own homebrew shit, I do a synopsis first. Here is kind of what I want this next three-session yep. arc to be, right? One, two, three. Here's the backstory of it, the synopsis of it uh, with the major beats laid out, right? Right. I'm not saying, oh well, you know, if they travel here, the blah blah blah. I'm saying like, okay, I want there to be a Nalfeshni, I want there to be an Andro Sphinx, and I want there to be, I don't know, airplane Twinga, just just a bunch of happy fae elemental farts flo- floating around. You know
0: right? what? I, I, I want four pages of the of every book. Every book moving forward needs to have four pages. Page one: these are the themes involved. Here's your session zero. Yeah. Page two: this is the overarching setting. Okay, not the plot, just your candle keep your Icewind Dale, your and by the broad strokes, Icewind Dale, frozen tundra. Expect small ten towns, is this? We'll get into it in chapter one, but here it is. Here's yeah. in the intro. Page three is this is the plot, this is the order. Here are your main events. There's yeah. other shit in the middle. We we're, we're gonna have random encounter things, but that's it. And page four is going to be your NPCs with motivations. Include your fucking villain. Nobody knows why Strahd is doing what he's doing by page 20 in Curse of Strahd. That's a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of the books have that problem.
0: Yeah. And so, fortunately, with an anthology like this... There is no villain. (laughs) Well, every one of them has a little villain. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't take long. Like I say, it doesn't take long to read up on it or to flip eight pages later and scan for what what's the one name that I need yeah. to pull out of this? That's Impossible in the Waterdeep in in Dragon Heist. There are so many NPC names, mm-hmm. right? Like you really have to go hunting for what the fuck you're doing in some of those.
1: You you got to you got to prep Waterdeep hard.
0: So, yeah, you and I definitely have criteria for what we're looking for. Unfortunately, Candlekeep Mysteries Did not really hold a candle to what the others are doing. Yeah, they should have just kept it at home. It's a mystery why they didn't. Anyway, that's it for this episode on Candle Key Mysteries. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast. Make sure to check out more Legend Lore episodes as we cover new releases as they happen, as well as some of the previously published fifth edition books i will say this
1: it's a pretty map i do like the map yeah we're we gonna put it on the wall uh probably <laughs>
0: books a book of books now we a book a book a book a book a book a book, a book, a book. book. okay 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 Go drink that. Yeah.
1: What do you want? Uh... No beer? Nah, n- sure.
0: Caribou? Freezer Mills?
1: No, I'm okay without the beer. You could go ahead and have the Guinness if there's a Guinness in there. Soda
0: Mooseberg one? Sure. I will have the last gist. quoi?